Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Our guest, Sunny Dawn Johnston, an international renowned psychic medium, teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Since early childhood, Sunny has always known she was different and destined to do great things. As a teenager, she possessed an innate wisdom and profound awareness of the angelic realm and spirit world. While she fought those gifts for many years, spirit ultimately won. Well, um, we'll love to hear about that story, Sunny, for sure. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, I'm really glad that Spirit won and got through. In 2000, Sunny's journey began after being a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. She then began working full-time as a psychic medium. Over the last 15 years, Sunny has performed hundreds of readings for clients where she's communicated with angels, guides, and their loved ones who have crossed over to the other side. She is the author of several books, CDs, and a wide range of articles. Her latest book, released in last October, The Love Never Ends, Messages from the Other Side. The constant theme she receives from all the divine entities and loved ones is, Love Never Ends. Sunny's message of Love Never Ends has drawn thousands of people from all over the world to her workshops, events, and private mediumship sessions. Hmm. And Sunny Johnston has been featured on many local and national television and radio shows, including Coast to Coast with George Norrie. Plus, she's also hosted radio shows and recently appeared in the award-winning movie Sacred Journey of the Heart. Sunny Johnston, we are so, so ready to have you with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here as well. So are you really surprised at how your uh, life has uh, really took this big leap? Well, for sure this is not my plan. (laughs) You know, sometimes people say, oh, well, I had a plan to be this or that. This was not what I had planned by any means, but... I think that's what happens when we're when we're planning life. Life actually happens, right? <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> well, you well, you said that this journey began for you when you were younger, and is there a story behind this that that our listeners, I'm sure, would love to know? Oh my goodness, yes, I have lots of stories. I'm kind of a storyteller, so 
Um, you know, the the first conscious experience that I have of connecting with the spirit world was at the age of 13. And uh, I had many events that happened really in a short amount of time. But one of the ones that uh, I think stands out so much for so many people, because people have experienced this themselves in different ways, um, was I was in bed one night and I, I had been struggling internally, emotionally as a teenager, um, not feeling like I fit in, not really feeling like I mattered, and all of those kind of kind of victim mentality kind of feelings. And I just went to bed one night, and I woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning, straight up, 1 o'clock. Um, I looked at the clock. I rolled over, and there was this beautiful, colorful, like color you can't describe, beauty that you can't describe um, in human words, uh, winged being above my bed. And... I, you know, just could, I, I saw with my physical eyes, my eyes were open, and I saw this being that I had never really been exposed to anything like this before, had an experience like this, but it wasn't even about what I saw, it was what I felt. And, you know, I felt this just immense love and gratitude and serenity and peace and all these feelings that I was not used to, they were not my nature. And I literally, I felt so calm and so relaxed, which, you know, most teenagers seeing something floating around above their bed probably fly out of their bed screaming. But for me, I just rolled over and I went back to sleep. And I woke up the next morning and, and, and I thought, oh, my God, that that's not normal. Like, that's not a normal <laughs> thing to have happen. So I went, I went downstairs and I told my mom what happened. And she says, well, Sonny, that was your guardian angel. And, you know, it never had occurred to me that I even had a guardian angel. And uh, and then she went on to say that two hours earlier at 11 o'clock, I had already been to sleep, um, she had come in and prayed over me because she was concerned about my mental and emotional well-being. And so she had said a prayer and asked God and the angels to surround me and protect me. And so in that moment when she shared that, what I learned was that um, I had experienced the manifestation of her prayers. And 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 in that experience, that just that opened the door. That made me want to um, have more experiences, and it made me want to learn more about it. And it made me want to really. I went on a search because I wanted to feel that feeling, and that feeling was very um, um, unknown to me. That feeling of serenity and calm and peace. And so I wanted to experience that again. So I started asking for it, and that that really is what set me on this whole whole course. You know, thirty years ago. Well, wow. that's, you're so lucky that you have a mother that thought that way and was open, and so that was yes. wonderful. Yeah, was I, was, I was very blessed in that sense. Was your mom psychic as well? Yes, and she, she didn't do it for a living. It was just more of her, you know, she called it mother's intuition or, or um, her intuitive gifts. But, yes, she was very aware, and she was also in um, in a place in her life where, um, I, I was raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so in Salt Lake City, Utah, there's a very strong, dominant um, Mormon um, foundation there. M- the majority of people in the times that I was growing up there um, were were LDS. Um, and, and my mother and her whole family and my father and his whole family were all um, LDS. And my mom and dad left the church, and she was in a process of kind of discovering what her her truth was. And so... At that time in her life, she'd done enough exploration to be able to give me some some insight and some some understanding into what that could be because she had been exploring um, much of that on her own. 
Wow, that gives me such chills and um, chi running through my body as you're talking. <laughs> That's so magnificent. I, I wonder well, if there's you're... No, I was going to say, do you think you chose your mother for this reason? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, if I, if I would have ended up in um, in any other family in Salt Lake City, Utah, I probably wouldn't have made it, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I really struggled and pushed against um the the beliefs and the and the um restriction and 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 so for me um it was it was very challenging being a, a child that had this um intuitive insight and this awareness and you know shortly after that experience i started seeing a a a, a ghost that lived in our house and i started experiencing spirits around other people and and um so in in having those experiences and living in that environment there there wasn't anybody to talk to or share it with um, once I realized that I couldn't share it. And I didn't know that at first. So I started telling, you know, some of my friends, oh, my God, I saw my guardian angel and I see these spirits in my house. And then, you know, and then I didn't have any friends because they weren't allowed to be around me or they weren't allowed to hang out or they, they were scared or they thought, you know, something wicked was going on. And so um, uh, unfortunately I didn't know that until after I'd opened my mouth, which is often how I learn. Um and so instead it just it, it it became an environment that for me my home environment was safe to explore these things but outside of my home environment it wasn't and that took me many many years to actually get over and and I think one of the reasons why it took me so long to embrace my gifts and be able to um own them in a different way wow yeah, I, it sounds like your mom might have been really there beside you kind of holding your hand as you were going through this is that right yeah uh, you know on and off as as i as i would allow because i really sat in a lot of resistance myself i i just wanted to be normal you know and whatever normal was which i had no you know foundation of what that would even look like that's just all i wanted to be so i spent much of my um teen years and early 20s um, pushing these gifts away and ignoring them and denying them and then having an experience and then going, ah, I don't want to do this and I don't want to be weird and uh, what are people going to think? And, and and I did that for a long time. Um, so there were times where I, I kind of let it in a little bit and then, yes, she was there to help support me and then there were times where I really didn't and then, of course, I didn't talk to anybody about it at all. Do either of well, your children have this psychic skill? Um, you know, both of them. I have I have sons. I have a 24, almost 25 year old, and a 19, 17 year old now. Um, both of my children were quite in, intuitive and insightful when they were younger, um, and and dabble with it now. You know, one of them sees spirits um, once in a while in our house. The other one um, lives on his own, and he has um, some sense of some energies in, in his house. But neither one of them really pay attention to it at this point I would say and and I really not pushed it because I I want them to have their own journey and and to be their own unique selves and so you know when they come and ask questions and or I get some guidance I certainly um share that with them but um you know they're 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 boys in in these years and so they're not in the place yet I think to really recognize um, all that there is, and likely probably push some of it away because their mother is who their mother is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's normal. <laughs> I we, mean, yeah, we like to think we're uh, more important than we really are. I think in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, when you became a mother, or you were married and became a mother, um, did you allow like the mediumship to come in? Because it, or did you push you know, it away? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I first of all, I was a mother, and then I got married, so I did it backwards, um, which is the typical way I do most things in my life. So. Um, and I became a mom early. I was a teenage mom, and, and I was single and, and, and raised my son on my own the first few years um, until I met my, my now husband and, and married him. Um, and, you know, during during that time when my son was younger, I really, um, it was all I could do to just stay alive, honestly. And so I didn't even... I didn't even entertain or play with much of my spiritual connection at that time. I was so in my physical experience and... and um, Although I had had a miraculous experience when I um, gave birth to my son, and shortly after I I was so in the human aspect of things that I really just ignored a lot of those um, signs and messages from my my angels and guides at that time. Wow! But they were there. <laughs> they were there. I mean, I, I literally, um, when I had my son, um, I, I had a. Uh, I found out I was pregnant when I was 18, and I was never planning to have children. And I was living in a relationship. I was living with my boyfriend, who was an alcoholic, and we, um, you know, fought and didn't. It wasn't a healthy environment in any way, shape, or form. And so, um, shortly after I found out I was pregnant, I developed toxemia and preeclampsia and eclampsia, and I was literally on bed rest for for six months of my pregnancy. And um, and, and, and I believe that, you know, all of the physical manifestation in our body comes from emotion that's, that's unresolved. And so and I had a lot of it. I had a lot of anger and, um, and pain and fear and all kinds of things. And when I finally went in to, um, in to have my son um, while I was in labor, I had a stroke. And um, they did an emergency C-section, and they took, they took my son, and he was okay. But um, I, on the other hand, ended up within the next, um, three days developing 106.2 um, degree temperature, and that that um, temperature never broke for three weeks. And I literally had a manifestation of Archangel Raphael come to me and through me um, to help me to heal that. And in one day's time, my fever broke and I left the hospital. And it was it was literally a miraculous experience, and so that that did make me more connected again for a short amount of time. But then life got back involved, and I got overwhelmed being a a young mom, and and um, and I kind of threw it to the wayside again. Hmm. Well, uh-huh. did your son get uh, um, suffer from any circumstance uh, from the trauma of all of that? Did he, uh, um, he have any? You know, not not externally that anybody would know. Um, but what did happen is, and, and I wrote a lot about this in my in my first um, book that I wrote on my own called Invoking the Archangels. Um, he, you know, he was he was housed my body. Um, his, he was housed for ten months in a very unhealthy, angry, resentful, fear-based environment, and um, and I was medicated a lot because of the the issues that I was having. So I had a lot of medication that I was. Um, taking um, for for um, blood pressure and things like that because I was you know um, could stroke out at any time, and so when he was born, seemingly was normal. But as he got um, you know just just at, even as a baby, um, he had a lot of anger um, and a lot of um, expression of energy in uh, negative, healthy, fear-based or unhealthy, fear-based ways as well. So by the time he was six, he was diagnosed with. Um, um, bipolar tendencies, autistic ten- 
tendencies, ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, um, hypertension. I mean, he just he just had so many different um, mental and emotional issues that I really believe were based on um, the the energy that I was carrying during that time that I was pregnant unknowingly. No, you know, I had no idea, um, and it took me you know many years. I I I took him to every kind of doctor that there was on the planet for years and years trying to fix him and help him and get him better and and one day um my I heard my spirit say it's not about him sonny it's about you and I was like oh that's dumb do you see all the <laughs> all the manifestations and all the problems he has and all the issues and all the doctors we've gone to and and then I kept hearing that voice say it over and over and over again and so one day I just sat down and thought all right, if it's not about him and it's about me, then what's it about? And I realized, you know, I wasn't living I wasn't living a life for me. I was living a life as a mother and as a wife, and, and there was no sunny, there was no identity, there was no ownership of my gifts, there was no value in myself. And that was the day that um, I stepped into my gifts and began um, first taking um, some classes to kind of help me get grounded in what I already knew naturally. And um, And then I started teaching and, and that was that was the day that changed my life. That little voice. Wow, you never know when that little voice is going to come in. <laughs> yeah, and you can't and you can't force it. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, God, how do I get that voice?" I'm like, you know, I can't tell you what it was at that day, that time, that moment, because I'm certain I heard um, that voice in some other way. Uh, you know, at different times, because I couldn't have been that slow, right? It, it had to have been there. I just wasn't willing to hear it. But that yeah. particular day, um, you know, I think the universe just kind of, everything kind of lined up, so to speak, and, and, and I had been triggered. My mother had said to me, he, my son had been staying at her house for a couple of days to give me a break because literally nobody um, would watch him. He was a difficult, difficult kid, and, and he had set their, uh, my brother's mattress on fire and to see what was inside of it and the um, front of the screen of a speaker to check it out. And so she said, you know what, if you don't do something about him, he's like, going to end up in prison. And um, and I was so angry and so hurt by that because I had done so many things and, you know, literally dragged him across states to different doctors trying to help him that that, that pain and that um, resolve, I think, that I will do whatever I can literally allowed me to set myself up to hear that it was me I needed to, to heal. So when you started working on you, did you see a difference in your son? Well, that's the amazing, miraculous thing, is that all of these things that he was diagnosed with, and not, not that he, you know, he's 24 and he still can't sit still, and he still gets up and walks around in the middle of dinner. I mean, that's, that is his nature. But... Um, yes, absolutely, without a doubt, it, it was a progression. The more the more I got into my own my own healing and my own work and and my own um, identity and quit focusing so much on what was wrong with him, he no longer needed to show up that way. And so, um, over the next couple of years, we had major change. And 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 he, you know, for a child that you know people really were concerned about what he was going to do, he ended up graduating at 15. He um, went to college at 15. Um, he's, he's a successful businessman and has his own home, and you know, is engaged to be married. And he's he's got a great great life. And um, and it's because he. He he did what he needed to do, but I did my part to let go of him having to show up in that way, I believe. Hmm. Uh, let me change the subject just a little bit. And um, 
I would like to know what was the stimulator story for writing your latest book, The Love Never Ends, Messages from the Other Side. <clears throat> well, you know, I've I've experienced a lot of death in my life um, in, in a variety of ways. Number one, personally, I've had um, some major tragedies in my life and people that have died in really unsuspecting um, ways that most people would consider tragic. And and then I've also been surrounded by death in my work as a medium and as a psychic. And so I deal with <clears throat> not only people coming to me that are wanting to connect with their loved ones that have passed, but also um, I'm a hospice volunteer. And so I've, I've worked on the okay. other side of it as well, being able to um, um, help people transition to the other side and then I also work with an organization called Find Me, and I work as a psychic um, investigator on missing persons cases. So really, um, death is all around me. And so um, I you know, was talking to my publisher one day, and I'd written the book on invoking the archangels, and he said, well, you know, this is kind of the next, the next step. And I had just done a television show um, on Lifetime Movie Network and that was about mediumship, and so um, it made sense that it was the time to kind of open this, this dialogue up and uh, and start helping people to understand that from my perspective everybody has the ability of mediumship you know and that's not something that a lot of people will say a lot of people feel like you know it's only certain people and you have to develop the skill and and I would agree that there are people that are innately gifted um, mediums uh, and that you do have to develop that skill but I also believe that if you have a heart connection with someone who has passed someone who's transitioned then you are the very best medium to that person. You have to be in tune, you have to be aware, you have to be present. But if you have the heart connection, it's your connection to that person that um, that can call them in stronger than any medium. And so the really a big piece of the message in this book is that um, they are with us and that they aren't gone and that anyone, anyone that has that heart connection can see, feel, hear, or know that their loved ones are around if they just tune in and stay present. I, I, I connect with people on the other side. Mm-hmm. And when I, have a, my, I was connected with a lot of people that were really close to me. I, I could you know, connect with them. But my father, who I was really close to, took 20 years to come through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know why it was so long. I don't know if it was Yeah, me, you know, was... a lot of people ask that, and, and I don't know why. I don't have an answer. I, I know I'm supposed to have all the answers because I'm a medium, but I don't have all the answers. And um, I don't know why that is. You know, th- that happens with some people sometimes. Like they, they're like, I've never, I never feel this one, but I feel all of these ones. And the only thing that I can say is that um, oftentimes those that we were the closest to, we have such a strong connection that their energy is almost a part of us that we don't even notice their presence. Um, so it's oh. not like a physical, me- like, like it's almost like, you know, um, if if you've been married for 50 years, let's say, and your husband walks into the room, you already know it's your like it's so now na- it's such a part of your nature and part of your energy of your household that it's it, it almost goes without even notice. Um, that's the best way that I can describe that. That's one of the things that happens, and the other thing I think oftentimes is that there was such a connection that they don't need to come and be present because because you know they're they're with you. Um, and so it isn't a it isn't a having to prove it. I guess it's a more of a kind of an innate trust. Um, and 
and so that that that's kind of what I've heard from the spirit world. There've also been um some some that have said, you know, I'm really working with so and so over here or I'm I'm really working on 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 healing the parts of me that 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 need that help. So I'm in kind of a healing space. Um Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's I mean that mm-hmm. was my thought. Is there working yeah, those on are the, those are, and I hear that a lot. The healing space is that's the way that they've explained it to me. My grandmother actually um she died 14 years ago. Um, she had Alzheimer's, but she she didn't die of Alzheimer's. She actually died of hypothermia. Um, she walked out of her care facility on New Year's Eve and froze to death um, 14 uh-huh. years ago. And um, she came to me shortly after, a couple of days after, and, and I said, well, where are you? And she was an alcoholic. She was an alcoholic her entire life until she got Alzheimer's and forgot that she drank, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she forgot she drank, and then she was no longer an alcoholic, and, and it was some of the best years we've actually we actually had with her. Um, but when she came to me, she said, "I'm I'm in a healing space, and there's light, and there's love, and there's and she showed me all these beautiful colors and these beautiful lights that felt to me like light beings that were just literally um, um, healing this aspect of of her soul, and um, and so and she was there for a long time." Um, you know, years and years on uh, in the way that we measure time. So, yeah, I hear I, I get a lot of different answers, but those are kind of some general responses that I've heard from the spirit. Hmm, yeah, I kind of thought he he might have been in his healing cycle. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you teach classes yeah. in mediumship? I do. I do. I teach. I, I teach a lot of. Um, classes in a lot of different things, but mediumship is one of them. I teach a certification program where I um, certify people um, in, in intuition and, and mediumship and connecting with the angels, and um, and I love it because so many people don't think they have that ability, and so when we get down into it and we really start, you know, tuning in, um, they're so excited because, oh, my gosh, I could... I could I could feel this person. I could see this person. I had this experience, and and to me that's so fun to watch the light bulb go on, you know. So, did your classes uh, part of what uh, give you inspiration to write your latest book? Because of the people that yeah, I mean yeah, I think I, I think it's just been my clients. You know, they, I I've had so many amazing experiences because of them. I I don't believe it's because of me. It's just because of them calling this energy to me or through me that I felt like if I could share some of this and some of these experiences and some of the stories that then people would understand that that their loved ones are there too. You know, one of the really um, powerful experiences that I had personally in my own life um, that I, I've I've shared in the book and, and in, in, in a couple of my other books a little bit as well is um, three years ago, um, next week, my... Um, my husband's very best friend, he was like a brother to us, um, committed suicide. And um, he, and and it wasn't something that any of us would have recognized. And so we found out that he, um, you know, they, his girlfriend called us immediately. We were the first people on the scene next to his parents and um, and stayed there throughout that process. And, and, and what was so interesting was as I found out that information and I drove the mile to, to his house with my husband, I was consciously aware of the fact that I had a choice to um, as to how to respond to this situation, and I could respond from fear and anger and sadness, 
or I could respond from a place of insight and awareness and and love. And so I made a conscious choice as we were driving to his home to call in the angels, um, to ask Archangel Uriel, who is the angel of um, of transmutation and helping us see the bigger picture of things, to to work with me so that I could walk through this journey seeing a greater vision. And um, and it was such a, a difficult, challenging human experience, but beautiful, amazing um, experience on a on a soul level for me because I was able to in in one of the ugliest kinds of ways of dying I was able to stay in that place of feeling that the human um, emotion and the challenge and the pain that he walked through as to why he chose to end his life and at the same time feel the amazing um, beauty in his spirit and and help him to release that pain so that he could he could move because his his spirit was literally trapped in that home and um the next day we my husband and I chose to go to that house and um and and clear that space physically because we literally were the cleanup crew um for for the um result of him shooting himself um but uh-huh. also to clear clear the the energy in the home um and with the help of of the angels and and um and the presence of of spirit in a variety of different ways the space was instead of it being a horrible traumatic place was a space of sacredness and his girlfriend came to the home the next day and she said I didn't think I'd ever be able to walk in here and it feels like it just feels like his love and his presence are here and she she lived in the house for another year and a half so you know those kinds of stories and those kinds of experiences that help us to move beyond kind of what our head says. Um, that's really why I wanted to write the book because I want people to see that you know it's just a it's just a part of the process. You know, as soon as we're born, we're on our way to dying. It's just you know when's the train going to stop, um, and where, and what's it going to look like? You know. <clears throat> wow. So we can actually help from this side to help the ones on the other side move through. Um, Absolutely, their, uh, and and that 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 yes, and that was the gift that that experience showed me. Is uh, of course I had my human moments of oh my god, am I, I can't believe I'm going to do this, and what a, you know what what all of the human feelings. But what I realized is it's the spirit, and and there's nothing to be afraid of, and so I can hold the vision of him and his greatest light, and I can call in these angels and, and ascended masters and, 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 and spirits and light beings to help support him and literally shift the energy to help him move on because he had so much shame that he didn't want anybody to see what he'd done. And so he was literally, it was like haunting the space so that nobody would come in. And mm-hmm. and it made sense. Conscious, like in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. But I was like, what am I going to do to move this? And it literally all I had to do was bring love to the space. Mm-hmm. It was so great that your husband was really there to support you in doing this. That's wonderful. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was a sacred. It was a sacred experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, have you communicated with him since he's? Uh, oh um, my gracious! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he is is an active um, spirit that's around me a lot and it was interesting because um I was asked to um I, I'm a minister as well and so I was asked to do his, his funeral and um and so I was writing the ceremony, his name was Mike, 
and I was writing the ceremony and um as I wrote the ceremony, you know, I, I'm not a great typist so I don't I can't look at the screen and just type. I have to look at my fingers and so I was typing the ceremony all up and I typed maybe, you know, um probably five sentences and every single word started with a letter M. Every single word. And then when I did a space bar, like I spaced through a couple of things, and it was M M M M M M M M M M M M M the whole thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You know. And and his number was 44, his football number. I didn't know that at the time, but I started seeing 44s everywhere. And he's kind of my travel guide now because I I travel a lot on book tour and and speaking events and things like that. And uh, I see every time without fail as soon as I hit the road. Um, or the plane, or wherever it is I'm going, wherever I land, or wherever I start my journey, uh, 44s are everywhere. Not generally when I'm at home, but when I'm traveling. So I think he likes a free ticket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, well, let's tell everybody, uh, the listening audience, who we're talking to, because sometimes we forget to do that. We get so involved with the conversation. Uh, we're talking to Sunny Dawn Johnston, and her latest book, The Love Never Ends, Messages from the other side, and uh, mm-hmm. you're going to be in uh, L.A. February I am. 6th. Yeah, you're going to be uh, teaching a workshop there at the. Uh, I am. I'm very excited about it. The con- the Conscious Life Expo um, in L.A. and I think it's from the sixth to the ninth. The the um, the expo, and I'll be there on the seventh on Saturday, uh, teaching a class on the Love Never Ends. Um, actually, in our class, we're going to actually walk them through an experience to um, bring in the, the energy of their loved ones so that they can see them and feel them. They'll actually have an, a physical, experiential um, exercise in this workshop so people can um, can know that, that that energy still exists. And so we're going to do that on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm really excited to be part of the um, the afterlife panel. And so we'll be doing that oh. Sunday night. I think it's at 5 o'clock. So... Um, they're going to have an afterlife panel, and uh, Daniel Brinkley, I believe, is hosting it, and John Holland will be on it. Um, there's some amazing people that are on it. A couple of them I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not familiar with, but um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think it'll be great. <laughs> well, I looked up um, uh, where, where you're going to be on Saturday, so it's going to be Room Los Angeles A so that people can find you if they want to come to your workshop, because it sounds like Yeah, well, that would be good. Yeah, because the Conscious <laughs> Life Expo is an amazing... Uh, have you ladies been there? No. It is really... It's an amazing expo. I mean, I've done a lot of events over the years, and this one is jam-packed. They have so many free events. They have so many speakers there for free. They have some that are paid. They have these panels that are wonderful. They have an actual vendors for, you know, selling products. I mean, it's just they cover everything from, you know, from one end of the galaxy to the other. So it's really a great, um, a great expo. It's so worth the time to go. One of the best ones I've been to. Hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. Sunny, I have a, another question regarding your book. What was the biggest surprise to you when writing your book, either on the positive side or or even if something was the hardest thing that you had to do within the book? Well, um, I'll answer both sides. Um, 
the the hardest for me is to actually write. I don't like writing. <laughs> so um, I've written seven books or, or at least um, participated in the writing of seven books. Um, but I am not a lover of writing. And so um, my the hardest part was my resistance in sitting my butt down to do it. Um, you know, and I kind of have to wait until the energy moves through me, and 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 that's frustrating for me because sometimes I just want to like, okay, I just want to devote two hours and two hours and two hours, and it doesn't work like that for me um, as a writer. And and so that was the most frustrating part. The greatest part was that when the energy did move through me, I wrote the book in two weeks. Um, so it literally, when it does channel, it just comes. My Invoking the Archangels book I wrote in six weeks, and I thought that that was, like, really fast. So when I wrote this one, I mean, of course, there was the editing and all of that 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 happens afterwards, but the actual writing of the manuscript before I turned it into my publisher um, took me two weeks. And so and so that was a great inspiration. And, and I think that the, the part that was um, um, fun for me was uh, kind of – connecting with the other side in asking questions. So what I did was I yeah. I put out a message on Facebook that said, you know, I'm working on a book about the afterlife. What questions do you have? And so they, you know, people had all kinds of questions. And so I took all the questions, hundreds of questions, and I answered them all. And through, through guidance from spirit um, gave all of these answers. And then in doing that, it made me think, gosh, there's so many people have so many questions. So I created um, this, this study. It's called the Afterlife Study. And um, I put it up on my website and up on Facebook. And, and I started getting uh, people to respond to, you know, some basic questions about their beliefs around the afterlife. And that was a great um, a great thing that came from the book was the afterlife study. So then I gave all the answers to all the questions away. If people completed the afterlife study, then they got all of the answers um, to those questions, which was, it was so fun and inspiring. And I was like, oh, I want to do this again, you know. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, it's interesting that you that you say people are always on the other side. We just necessarily are not silent enough to be able to listen. And... um my um, my mother was kind of like Paula's father, I think. Uh, she just never showed up, uh, except right after she died. I realized, mm-hmm. you know, what it, there was a story behind that. But but um, and after that, I never really felt the connection. And then um, her brother's um, child sent me a photo that my mother had sent him years ago when I was about six. And it is of my mother um, with her arms around me. <laughs> and after I receive that, I can feel her around me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you needed the reminder. Yeah. 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 And, and probably, you know, sometimes they kind of infuse images and things like that. Um with love so that we can feel their presence because some of the other ways that they're trying to connect with us aren't working. And so that very likely could have been the situation as well. You know, one of the greatest messages um, that I received in writing this book that I I have kind of turned into part of the um, teaching piece of this is um, one of the days when I was writing, I was like, you know, they just, they people can't, they can't hear you or they can't feel you unless they are like are present. And Spirit said, yes, you, um, let's see, how was it? Um, if you focus on 
absence, you cannot feel our presence. Oh, perfect. And I was like, oh, that was good, you know. So, and and so what what that I mean, it's as simple as that. If you focus on absence, you cannot feel our presence. But then expanded, it it kind of expands into every area of our life when we focus on the absence of of our our um, husband who's gone away for two weeks, then we can't experience their presence within us. If we focus on the absence or the loss of certain things in our life, we can't experience the presence of what's actually there now. If we focus on what we've lost, we can't be aware of and grateful for what we have. And so it was such a bigger message. But but the bottom line was, you know, if you you get a choice and you get to choose where you put your attention and what you focus on, do you want to focus on the presence of someone and experience them and feel them, or do you want to focus on their absence? And based on that, you will have the exact experience of it. Well, I think what happened was is that my father actually, I visually, from my third eye, was able to see him, uh, and he came with a message for me. Mm-hmm. And um, he has several times, and so I've been able to see him. But my mother, I wasn't able to do that. And so right. it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of a different kind of um, energy, and I didn't quite understand quite what to do, I guess. And that's Well, and I think, too, that we forget different energies come in different ways. You know, they, they yeah. each one, that the personality, the human personality um, is gone in the sense of, of, of coming back into their soul, but they p- can project still some of that personality so that we can connect with them. And so a lot of times I think we forget that they they, they have their own you know, ways of showing up. And it's not always going to be the way that we thought it would be, just kind of like life happens, right? Right. Well, she probably And then we can miss it, and then we can miss it. Yeah. I was going to say, she probably prompted the cousin to mail it to Tad, the picture of Tad. That's what I mean, absolutely. I think she infused that energy um, into the image and then guided the, the cousin to send it, and then you could feel it. And then from there, have another experience. Yeah. Now, I'm, I have a question for you about writing your book. Have you uh, ever gone to the other side and asked uh, writers to come in and help you write? The people that are really I good haven't. at writing. I haven't. Oh. You know, that's an interesting idea. And actually, I had one person that said that to me. I just go in and open up and just um, ask ask any of the, um, and, and it, whatever genre they're writing about to come through. And I haven't done that. I think what what I find with my books is my books tend to simplify um, things for people. I, I kind of, for lack of a better word, I kind of make it simpler or dumb it down, so to speak, because it's so we could get so in our heads around some of this stuff. And it, this is all really hard work. It's not really heady. Um and so I think that, that my language, the way that I express my words, just kind of comes through and it simplifies things. Um, and and so although I don't enjoy the writing process, like sitting down and writing, it's not my favorite thing to do. Um, once it starts, then literally most of it does just kind of come through me. Um, but I've never asked an actual, you know, writer to come through. So that would be an interesting concept. I probably wouldn't even need to be able to spell some of the words that they would use. <laughs> <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, you know, for me, being one of those kids that, that was very um, intuitive and didn't fit in, um, 
and didn't feel like she was a part of anything. I quit school when I was 15, um, and I graduated. I got a high school um, diploma from from a college here in Arizona, actually, several years later. But, um, you know, that that's my education level as far as through schooling. Now, I've got a lot of education since and, and have, a um, you know, a Master's of Religious Science and things like that. But um, that that was, I think, a part of why I even struggled to um, wait to write for so long is because of some insecurities within myself. And then once I realized that, you know, I'm teaching all this stuff anyway, and of course there's going to be some people that resonate with my writing and there's going to be some people that don't, um, then, you know, then I kind of, the wall came down, so to speak. Hmm. You have another book out um, called Living Your Purpose, and many people come in and when we're doing shows and uh, outside of them, uh, Paula and I both work with clients in that way. But they always want to know, well, what's my purpose? I mean, you know. <laughs> yep, so, they sure do. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a big whammy in everybody's life that is really not hooked up to 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 feather and love their heart, what their heart is showing them. So can you give us some advice uh, and to our listeners in that fashion. Absolutely. Um, it's probably going to be, uh, like I was just talking about, sim- very simple. Um, I think that, in my experience anyway, when I was growing up and I would hear people talk about purpose, it felt like some big, grandiose type of thing, like, you know, I, I'm going to be a healer, I'm going to be a teacher, I'm going to be a, a, um, a linguist, or whatever it is. Like, you know, it was, it was something to achieve and attain. And, um, and, and most of the time there were hoops you had to jump through to get there. And then what I started realizing when I was teaching one of my classes to students probably 13, 14 years ago was somebody actually asked me that question, what is my purpose? And I said, well your purpose is just to be. And she's like, Sonny, that just can't even possibly be the case because there's so many things to do. And I said, but that's a problem. We're human beings. We're not human doings. And we get stuck in that. And so what I did was I I looked at my own life and I said, okay, when I was 15 and quit school, um, did I feel like that was serving my purpose? You know, when I was a single mom at 18 on welfare and food stamps, barely surviving, did I feel like that was part of my purpose? You know, when I when I was 24, I was trying to have a child intentionally, and I miscarried three babies. Did I feel like that was part of my purpose? Um, all of these things that had happened in my life that were difficult and challenging never felt like part of my purpose. And what I realized as I look back is every single one of those were purposeful and necessary to call me to this conversation today with you. And And so what I realized very clearly um, and what I was guided to with my angels and guides was um, every step you take is part of your purpose. Up, down, sideways, in the hole, out of the hole, um, every fall, every, every single piece of it is part of your purpose because it brings you to where you are today. And so most people don't like that answer because they still want it to be something specific. Just tell me what it is so I can get there. And that's the part that's so frustrating because it isn't, it isn't a what it is. It is a, a what it feels. It's something that's within. It's not without. It's not outside of ourselves. So my answer to your purpose is to be. And it's always evolving. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
for sure. I mean, I can't I can't know what my purpose is next Saturday or in five years because I haven't I haven't taken the steps today to get me there yet. <laughs> People are impatient. <laughs> That's right, Sunny. Yeah, and, and impatient and also not present. You know, yeah. um, most yeah. people tend to be in the in the fearful future or in the pessimistic past, and not present in this moment of this is where my power is. This is where my energy needs to be because this is my point of creation right now. This is where I have my power. But most people tend to be thinking about what they're going to do next week, next month, in a decade, or what they should have, or could have, or would have done last week, last month, last year. Yeah. And then I'll go forward oh, with other a- the best-selling author books that you have, and it's and it's called No Mistakes: How Can You Change Adversity into Abundance. That's another one of your books, and um, I like that title. That's incredible. That gives people uh, to know again exactly what you're saying. There's no mistakes, and um, and you can change adversity into abundance. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, that's a co-authored book. So that book has 25 different authors in it that are all sharing stories of of adversity and and how that can really be bring about some of your 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 best experiences in life. And um you know, the the thing I always just remind people is um many people, many people in this genre, especially in this kind of belief system, believe that everything happens for a reason, and they'll say it. Yes, I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe everything happens for a reason. Until you start pinpointing things. Well, what about um, uh, a miscarriage? What about the murder of your husband? What about the, the death of a child? What about the disease of your sister? And then it's a little bit more questionable. Um, because it's hard to wrap your heads around the fact that those things would be purposeful or not be a mistake. And yet, it's uh, it, either everything happens for a reason or it doesn't. There's no in-between. And so when people can really own that, then we can approach our life from a different place that says, okay, I, I am empowered in this moment to choose how I look at anything. And if there are no mistakes, and I believe that, then that's then then, then I walk my life that way, and then that that changes. It's a ripple effect of how, what things come to me in my life. I believe, and so um, and so it's a great little book. Uh, you know, it's one of the, I call it a bathroom book because it's you know three or four or five page stories that people can read in just short amounts of time that really. Um, motivate you and get you inspired and get you joyful and get you excited about oh my gosh if if people can walk through some of these things in in these amazing ways then then I can too now I have a question for you uh you work with the police department finding missing people I do and when mm-hmm. when you do that work and you tune, you tune into the person that's missing is that how you work with it um, yeah, it, it depends. We, you know, we work different cases based on, you know, there's a lot of details behind it. But generally what we do is we get the name of a person that's missing and we get their date of birth and we usually get a picture of them. And from there we we do whatever it is we do as psychics um, and we fill out what's what would be similar to a police report, you know, um, information about the suspect, the license plate number, the latitude and longitude, GPS coordinates of where we believe a body is, where we believe the suspect is, what is the suspect's name, um, what happened to the person, um, where are they now, um, what color car were they in, what kind of what address, you know, all of that information based on intuitive insight. 
Um, and then we turn it in, and, um, and and the head of the organization, Find Me, then is the one that has the relationship with the different police departments that come to us and ask for our help, and then he gives them all of that information, and then it's in their hands. So we have worked, like I've been on site for some cases, and we do work cases on site as well where some of the psychics will go and, and, and work cases um, that way as well. And it's, it's very... Um, challenging work it's it's very emotionally difficult work but it's also oh, yes. very gratifying and it's very um um it's very necessary you know so so i i resisted it for many years um and i didn't want to do it because i didn't like the the heaviness and the darkness and the sadness around it but what i realized is that um some of the information or insight that i had could relieve that heaviness and darkness for someone and i didn't have a right to not to not step into that then because that's part of my gift. And so um, so I've been doing that for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. That is oh, so really empowering. Yeah. Okay, well, all the work so. you do helps others, and, and um, I want to applaud you for that because being able to get in touch with someone on the other side helps the, peop- the person on this side heal. So, right, I mean, there's right. So yeah, I've, I've been very blessed that I, that I have um, been aware of the gifts that I have and been able to use them in ways that can be of service to other people. Because for me, um, that is that's what my work's about, and and so that you know that there's probably no greater compliment to me than um, the gift of being able to um, help someone else to heal in whatever form that shows up in, and it, and it looks different with each person, but um, that's that's why I do what I do. Is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you um, would like to share with our listeners? Oh, my. Um, You guys touched upon a lot. I feel like I've talked the whole conversation. You guys haven't said anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I think, you know, I'm excited about the expo that's coming up. I've got a lot of events. I I travel all over the country, so people could go to my website and and check out um, the things that we've got coming up. L.A. is the next big thing, and and so we're really excited about that. I have a lot of books and CDs and a lot of products. You know, I have a T-shirt line that's I Am Love and I've got um, essential oils and jewelry line. I've got a lot of different things to help kind of keep our vibration in a higher place because I feel like the more we do that, the more we can be of service to to people. And so um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the journey and, and rolling along like everyone else is. Well, one of the other hey, books you have as well is called Invoking the Angels, a Nine-Step Process to Heal Your Body, Mind, and Soul. And that's available uh, that people can also look at. And, of course, your latest book that we are here today to, to share with our listeners is The Love Never Ends, Messages from the Other Side. Your website is Sunny Dawn, and that's D-A-W-N. And, of course, Sunny is like sunshine, Sunny. That's S-U-N-Y. right, that's right. And then Dawn Johnston, it's J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com. Um, this is, we're so glad that Spirit won out. <laughs> and you were you were uh, named after your grandfathers. I found that interesting. 
Uh, I was, and you so you must have read something because that's yeah, I, that's kind of something not everybody knows. But most people, it sounds like Sunny Dawn is kind of a hippie name. But um, my I, my mother actually named me after one of the um, Miss America. Um, Sunny George in like I don't know 1958 or something she saw her on TV that's where the name the first name came from but it just so happened that my grandfather's nickname was Sunny and then when my mom got married my other grandfather's name was Don and so I've got the female version of their names because they're both O's um, and I was born in the middle of a, of a snowstorm in Cheyenne Wyoming so my mother was being optimistic <laughs> <laughs> well, the, everybody that's in the L.A. Er, area, be sure to go to the uh, Whole Life Expo, and that's at Conscious the LAX. Life Expo. Yep, Conscious oh, Life sorry. Expo at LAX. We're very excited, and yes, come and see us and go check out all the cool speakers. There'll be all kind. Of, there's a lot of free stuff to do, so everybody should come and check it out. And uh, jump on uh, Sunny's website to see where she's headed off next. So thank you so much, Sunny, for being with us today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And you you guys have a wonderful day, and thank you to everyone that was listening. (laughs) Thank you. Blessings to you. Bye-bye.